Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews, and sometimes some theatre-themed booze. This week we join you, we've got a new king in England. Oh god, yeah, that's yeah. happened. We have not done a podcast for a while, have yeah, we? Yeah, we did a road trip down to Devon. Yeah, uh, you, with my grandma. You plagiarised one of my dreams. Oh yeah. And a lot's happened. And yeah, we do have the same dreams, no, don't we? Because you didn't you share that on this podcast that you had a dream that you were doing the Rose Adage from Sleeping Beauty, the ballet's version, I got interviewed about yeah, it. And, and then I you told me like as you stared out the window like with an absolutely straight face. Yeah, I did though. I had a dream that I was in their like end of year sort of showcase thing. So, so you were at the Royal Ballet as well? Yeah. Okay. And because I think, and I think like maybe like Carlos Acosta was still there. Or no, Ed Watson was doing like a, a performance, and then I was up next, and I was thinking, well, I'm I in my dream, I was like, oh, I can do it, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I hadn't thought of anything. Yeah, I had to pick of... the music. I hadn't done anything. So your solo performance, and you are totally underperforming. Yeah, but I I just thought I'll do it to Bolero. So Which like Torvald the... and Dean. Yeah, Torvald and Dean's famous skating track. But that song was originally for a ballet, so. I knew that in my dream instinctively. Um, and you was it originally it... for a solo ballet? Uh, yeah, it is a kind of solo piece. It's, have you not seen it? With the, they're standing and around the edge of the circle. There's all the corps de ballet, and then it's one person in the middle. Oh, you should look it up. It's really good. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't be telling you any more of my dreams. In case I steal them. Steal... Yeah, what's a fun dream? Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> But um, what have we got to talk about this week? So we, I went to see Operation Mincemeat, which oh, is yeah, I didn't get to go to that. Long-running show it. that we've seen twice already. It's now having its first time in the West End after doing Fringe Theatres. So that's Operation Mincemeat, the musical at the Fortune Theatre. We are going to go and see How to Succeed in Business without really trying. Classic, at the Southwark Playhouse. Yeah, classic musical, which is new production coming to the Southwark Playhouse. So we're going to kind of throw forward to our review of that, and then finally. We went to see The Secret Life of Bees at the Armada Theatre, which seems like forever ago. Um, and we're only just getting around to reviewing that. But we will let you know our thoughts on The Secret Life of Bees at the Armada Theatre. That's it. Three three musicals. Three musicals. We went through a stage of just seeing plays. Now we're just seeing musicals. Yeah. Well, let's crack on then with... Do you have a top tip of, of an upcoming show? Well, I, I feel like I've just spoken about this on the podcast already because I'm so excited... Um, for a show called MJ the Musical UK. It's currently in New York. Mm-hmm. And this is centred around the making of Michael Jackson's 1992 Dangerous World Tour. So that was the one where he did the... That was like the one you had on tape, VHS, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So MJ goes beyond his signature moves and sound of the star to offer a rare look at the creative vision and collaborative spirit that catapulted Jackson to legendary status. It's created by two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage and Tony Award-winning director and choreographer Christopher Rodin. Now, just want to say that I am not a supporter of Michael Jackson in as a any way, as yeah. a person, or really like as his. I'm. I. I don't know if I can separate art and paedophilia. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah. So that's my stance on it. However, I am a huge supporter of Christopher, Christopher Wilden. Wilden. Yeah, choreographer and director Christopher Wilden. Yeah. And I want to see his art and his take on a paedophile (laughs) that was a great artist at a time. Had some good music, yeah. Yeah. Yes, interestingly, this play is set just before First Allegations came out. Interesting. Yes. So this is a play with Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. And dance pieces. And the dance pieces are directed by, um, choreographed by Christopher Wilden, who did 
loads of stuff that we love. Alice in Wonderland, the ballet at the Royal Opera House. Winter's Tale, he did there. Um, He's done lots of classical ballet, but also in the West End, he did An American in Paris. Yes, that's it, which we loved. And had and his Cinderella is going to be on at the Royal, Royal Albert Hall. Hall this summer. Yeah, so yeah. He's, an, he's a really he's cool amazing. choreographer. He's cool, isn't he? Yeah, very, very cool. And Oscar showed me a clip of... The MJ musical um, that they they performed a number at the Tony at the Awards, Tonys last year, yeah. and I was like, we have to just watch that all over again. Like, it was amazing. It's incredible. So Google it. And these tickets go on sale. I think you have to sign up for like priority access or something, um, which obviously I've done. The tickets go on sale on the twenty fourth of May. Mm-hmm. This will blow people's minds, but just deal with it. The tickets are for March twenty twenty four. So it's, yeah, next year you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, this is for, but this is Michael Jackson and there's some hardcore fans out there and they'll all be booking. Oh, yeah. That's my only issue is like going to see someone and being surrounded by a lot of people who probably think that he was not a paedophile when he was. Let's get front row seats and then we don't have to see anybody. Yeah, I do. Thing is, I do love my, I grew up listening to his music. I love his music and what he created artistically with dance. So to see Christopher Wilden interpret, this is not basic, this is not Thriller. Remember Thriller that was on Thriller in, was a um, the was West a End. loving recreation of the dance moves of the of everything. Yeah, and it this didn't really have a story. To... It was just kind of like performances, tribute acts to to, no, to Michael like... Jackson. This is like a proper play. Lynn Nottage actually is the writer who did the Secret Life of Bees that we're going to talk about later. She wrote Good that link. as well. Good link. Well done. Um, so it's proper playwright, and of course, it's Christopher Wilden who's a cask. You know, he's taking this art and creating more art. He's not just kind of present like Thriller did, Thriller Live, I think it was called. Um, you know, just presents like, here's some of the music you love. A, a bit like Dirty Dancing that we saw on stage. That was even called Dirty Dancing, the movie brought to life. They just stage it as is for the fans to watch and enjoy. This is going to be, it's the story of Michael Jackson, but it's, so it's for example, ballet mixed in with, you know. Yeah, so for example, like Michael Jackson was really inspired by Fred Astaire. So from the clips I've seen, there's a bit of a Fred Astaire homage number yes they're digging into the actual the top hat routine they might do Mm -hmm. a little bit of that it's like you say that's the tagline it's christopher wilden's art based on michael jackson's art yes yeah that's it so yeah i'm gonna have to see it we have to set alarms how much are we gonna spend these are gonna be be expensive i think 100 pounds will get you a hopefully decent ish seat but i reckon this is gonna be one of those shows prices are just going up and up and up yeah you're right the shows you're right. It's a hundred pounds to see like Moulin Rouge. Well, I mean, actually, we did manage to get Moulin Rouge tickets for eighty something. So I'm happy to spend a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty. And it's going to which theatre? The Dominion. It's going to the Prince Edward Theatre, which is where ah, I saw Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins, and where is currently got on. Ain't too proud. Yeah, that's quite a big, wide theatre. So I do feel like you don't have to worry about pillars. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to worry about curvature too much. It's fairly flat, so that should hopefully be an easy choice. I tend to go to the ends of the aisle because they tend to be discounted, but in those wider theatres, it doesn't tend to be too much of an issue. Well, maybe but we'll yes, talk we're, about we're looking... tickets, yeah. Yeah, we we'll... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, sorry, say it again. When can we book tickets to that? So MJ the Musical goes on sale 24th of May, and those tickets are for March 2024. It's nice to have something booked. Set your in engines. Yeah. Okay, so we crack on with our reviews? And... Let's do it. Okay, so our first review is Operation Mincemeat. And this is a show that's been around for a while. We've seen it twice already. Once in its first home in the new diorama in 2019. And we absolutely loved it. You can go back and listen to our review. It's probably in something like episode 30, 30 something. So back in 2019. It then had another run at Southwark Playhouse. 
then at Riverside Studios, and it's now in the West End for its big. It's finally made it to the West End. It's been around. It's been kind of adored by everyone, hasn't it? It's so popular. It's got quite a niche audience of fans. Yeah, exactly. So it's you know it's had this real like great journey, and it's now in the West End. For anyone who doesn't know, they actually made a film recently based on this true story. So Operation Mincemeat is a Second World story set in the Second World War. True story about a a planned military operation to divert Hitler's troops away from Sicily and they wanted to like get them to move somewhere else. So a plan was to find a dead body, make it look like a pilot had crashed in the sea and plant fake documents on this body that would sort of give away the information that they were actually going to go to Sardinia to fool Hitler and get him to send his troops to the wrong place. You can imagine somebody like in a meeting coming up with this, being like... Yeah, and also they had to make it look like he's freshly drowned. It can't be like a, you know, because body's going to rigor mortis after like a few hours. So they had to make this look like flawlessly... It's so wild. I can't believe somebody decided to press go on it. Where did they get a body? You know, where did you get a body from? A freshly, you know, all this stuff. So this is a true story that happened. And obviously this... This show, unlike the film with um, Colin, what's Colin, Colin Firth in the movie? Yeah. yeah, which is a quite a serious take. This is a kind of wild, farcical parody. Kind of people say, um, what were they saying? Like Noel Coward meets Noel Fielding, or you know, it's got those sort of Monty Python esque kind of really. Yes, it feels very sketchy. It yeah, it's very yeah sketchy as in like sketch comedy, not sketchy oh, yeah, as in dodgy. <laughs> sketchy as in yeah, it feels like. Very Edinburgh Fringe, people are playing multiple characters. It's... Yes, it's a cast of only five performers and they pay, play a very wide range of characters and that's kind of part of the comedy. They'll jump in and out of character in rapid succession by throwing on a piece of costume. So it's very it's very kind of that, not improvised, like devised, kind of put together comedy by this group of people who obviously are really passionate about it and have a real kind of... Um, understanding. So it's David uh, Cumming, Natasha Hodgson and Zoe Roberts are the kind of core three. It's an ensemble piece, definitely. Yes, but like, they came up with it, those three. It's their sort of piece. And then the other two actors, Jack Malone and Claire Marie Hall, joined their just sort of company members. They didn't write it. Okay. But yeah, it's just, it's super funny. It's super wacky and silly and zany and has all those kind of like it's very British. The comedy is so British. British. It's dry. It's it, quips. It plays on those, yeah, the archetypes of, you know, the sort of step up a lip and there's a sort of whole class thing going on there with the sort of upper echelon of the Secret Service versus, you know, the the girl in the sort of um, the secretary who's kind of wants to help out and becomes part of this project. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's about those performers. Those five performers are kind of the tour de force of, like, the comedic ability to keep that show going, just the five of them, all on stage, basically, all the time. Doing all these different characters is what kind of makes it so unique and special. Oh, I just love this show so much. And I was really disappointed that I couldn't come and see, with, see it with you in the West End. I'm, like, dying to know, because I cannot imagine... When we originally saw it, it felt so intimate when we then went and saw it at Southern Playhouse it, it got a little bit bigger got a little bit bigger and me and you were like oh we didn't have the same experience somehow as when we'd seen it originally but we still loved it so I'm really dubious about does this work successfully in the West End tell me so they definitely like upped the presentation the set is is very cool it's by Ben Stone who also did the set for at Standing at the Sky's Edge that I saw recently at the National which had an amazing set so that's kind of a nice there's some cool projections now there's like you know you can see they've 
pumped some more money into that. They've also hired a new director who is also, um, he's called Robert Hasty. He also directed Standing at the Sky's Edge. So they brought in, you know, a more West End established theatre director to sort of add some. Okay. But I think overall, I, because we've seen it twice, I kind of, that that feeling of those five performers in that small space with no money or like stage, lot of big budget for lighting, all that stuff, to still come up with all that, that comedy and ingenuity felt a bit more special in a small theatre than when you translate it to a West End stage. So some of that's lost. There's some stuff gained, though. There's some cool set pieces at the end with with the set that enhance the comedy. But I think some of the smaller moments were kind of more funny on like a, a shoestring, threadbare... We're making the comedy out of what we've got rather than being able to have the staging. Yeah. So that was a tiny bit lacking. But... I just remember my favourite part in both times that I've seen it is when the um what no someone's in the war and they write him a love letter and he sings this love letter and me and you were both welling up. So Jack Malone, one of the main characters Jack Malone plays is Hester, who is the head secretary, and there's a scene where. They're trying to write a fake love letter to plant on the dead body as if he had written it to his partner. And two of the kind of the younger members of the team are trying to write it. And they're writing very saccharine, obvious love mementos. And Hester sort of says, that's not how people really write to each other. What you'd actually want to do is this. And then kind of sings a song. It's and she's so writing to touching. It breaks an imaginary, breaks your heart. imaginary lover about how everything's normal, trying to keep the spirits up, telling them what's going on at home. And then you realise throughout the song that actually this must have been a real experience for her that had happened and yeah I almost cried again did you you know I don't actually really cry at things but I did a lot of that like sharpening takes a breath where you yeah. like <laughs> Ooh, I'm just gonna go steady my breathing yeah it was and the whole pin drop and I think although we were saying this is an ensemble piece it's the five of them working together doing these quick changes doing these smooth transitions doing all this comedy for me it's always Jack Malone steals the show I think for me definitely just because that number is brilliant but also I think as a performer I really really am drawn like he's got such a crisp delivery mm-hmm. all the characters he does the American pilot that he plays that's hilarious he really understands that style he could be on like a, a Radio 4 comedy thing with that voice I yes. think it really lends itself to all the characters he portrays feel super super strong so would um, you recommend, like, if somebody, you know, wanted to see this, would you say go? Well, I went with Rory, who hadn't seen it before, and the audience in the theatre were absolutely loving it. It was a press night, so obviously it's an invited audience, guests, I'm sure, um, and there's a, a fan base, who I'm sure, were there. Um, and they were absolutely loving it. Rory did really enjoy it, but he, you know, every time we've seen it, we've both loved it. He had a few, like, reservations. Some of the comedy for him was a bit too broad, was veering slightly into that play that goes wrong delivery not necessarily structure but some of the performances were maybe a bit too big for him and he prefers a more nuanced which is what Jack Malone was giving us in his characterizations a smaller look Jack Malone becomes Hester with nothing but some horn ring glasses and one hand on the the way he holds his hands on his hips just everything about that performance oh I'd go just to watch that is it is is there an interval yeah it's two hours and a half there is an interval um, it's on at the Fortune Theatre, which is where the Woman in Black has just recently left. It's having been there for what Covent Garden. thirty years, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a small theatre, which is good because the show feels bigger, but yet intimate. And the audience were 
Howling. This has had another slew of five star reviews for this West End run. Has and, it? Yeah, and it, look, it's a great show. I just also, because I'm seeing this for a third time, I'm just nitpicking more. Yes. Because I'm each time now, I'm like settled into it and I'm reviewing, oh, how, just how, how are they well doing are they that hand- number? Whereas the first time round, it's just so manic, madcap, full on. And this is like full on, apart from that beautiful song that kind of breaks it down and the one with the sailors is more it is quite a wild ride of just comedy 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 i feel like there just isn't that much stuff around that makes anyone laugh anymore everything's so serious yeah this is a full-on parody comedy start to finish with lovely moments of, of touching things but super funny throughout because things that people think are funny like oh the play that goes wrong or you know calendar girls kind of thing that's not an uplifting night for me. That's just actually a waste of time because it's yeah. not funny. Yeah, this is this is really, really funny. And it made me laugh out loud again, I think. Yeah, it is It is really, really good. It's one of the best shows in the West End, I think. I would 100% recommend Oh, people. really? Well, I mean, I haven't seen everything in the West End, but I feel like this is really special and it only runs until the it, end of August. It's been extended. It's been extended to the 19th of August. Whether they'll extend again, I don't know. It's doing really well. And the tickets are not cheap. Talk us, to, like, talk us about tickets. Ticketing's prices. a bit weird. So it seems that they all the seats in this theatre, it's got three levels. It's quite small, but all the seats are the same price each night, but each night changes. So Monday night is the cheapest, it looks like, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday. Uh, But you pay the same for any seat. So Monday nights are like £29 or £39. So you could be £29 in the stalls? Yes, and on a Saturday you could pay, I think it's 69 50 and you could be at the back of the upper circle, which I don't think would be that good a seat. Mm. It is small, but it's kind of that upper circle I went up there. It looked a bit too kind of steep and shallow. You'd be a little bit like looking down, whereas I sat on the first circle second row from the back and it was a brilliant seat because it's a small theatre, so I felt really in it. So just try and get... Anything in the anything in the stalls would be amazing. Anything in the first circle, but upper circle, I wouldn't pay the same as people are paying below me. But I and I would just go go on a Monday or Tuesday night because it's really uplifting and it's a cheaper ticket on a Monday and a Tuesday. Um, they also do a lottery via their website, which is a bit more like these ones we're seeing now. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask um, you, is it on today ticks or anything? Well, no, it's on their website and it's a bit more like they did Streetcar Named Desire where you enter it. You just have to enter it once and then there's like a draw every two weeks for the following two weeks worth of tickets. So it's not like a and daily thing. how much thing. are those? Those are £20 or 25 Oh, so you're only saving £5 by doing that lottery? No, because it's 39 usually for a Monday or Tuesday and you could get them for any night. You could get these for a Saturday night. Oh, I thought you said 29 I think on the, it does say tickets ranging from, but when I looked... They look to be twenty uh, thirty nine on a Monday. Okay. So yeah, I would just go beginning of the week. Why not? But look, if you want to go on a weekend and have a big night out, then you're going to have to pay more. But just try and get seats worth that money in the stalls of First Circle. Yes, yeah, sixty nine is a lot. It's a great night out. I just think anyone who likes super dry humour and no and doesn't like things maybe more over the top and kind of zany and stuff. This does have elements of that, so it might not be for them. But I think across the board for most people, this is going to be one of the best nights they've had at the theatre, just because it is that full joke, 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 joke. So even if they don't all land for you, they'll, there's just enough because it's just, it's like an episode of 30 Rock or something where it's just joke yeah. after joke after joke. Okay, so what are the dates for Operation Mincemeat? Um, it is running now until the 19th of August at the Fortune Theatre, which is Common Garden. Cool. 
Um, so our next show, we're about to go and see tomorrow, but we're not going to have time to record after. So we'll we'll do a live review there. Um, that show, though, is How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, which is opening at the Southwark Playhouse. Excited to see this. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a musical from the 60s by Frank Lesser, who did Guys and Dolls. Oh, cool. Which is the hit show at the London Bridge Theatre. Exactly. So his music's great. Um, And this is his 60s musical. It was a satire about a young man who gets this book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And he starts as a window washer and a skyscraper. And then he gets a job at the mailroom. And it's how this book helps him progress through the ranks. And it's, you know, a, a social commentary on on that sort of system of how big businesses work. And Michelle how... Passage has has done the voice for the book? Yes, they've recorded her voice. So she's the book that speaks to the main character. And also in this version, just looking at the cast, I think we've got a female identified actor playing the main role of J.P. Pierpont. So I don't know if they'll be playing... Female identified? Well, uh, uh, yeah. I was just trying to, you know, be inclusive, as in she's female. Oh... Right. The actor's female, but the role in the show is male. So I don't know whether she's just going to be playing a guy. Oh, I see. Or whether they are going to change that main character to be a woman. But I guess we will see when we go and see How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying at the Southwark Playhouse. So we'll throw to that review now. So we are here at the Southwark Playhouse, Borough. Um, so we're in the interval of it. What do we think so far? So I wasn't completely convinced at the beginning. I didn't feel like the company was gelling together. Towards the end, though, I really enjoyed it. It's hit its stride, hasn't it? It's hit its stride now, and I particularly love the guy who plays the big boss. What's well, the woman? Bigley. Yes, Bigley. Tracy Bennett from Follies. It's Tracy Bennett. Did you not realise that until just now? I thought I wanted to say to you that person looks like a famous actor that we've seen in like she was in Follies yeah oh my goodness she's so fun isn't she that number about the Ivy um, boys club Groundhog like college people were howling she's been really really funny she's so tiny she's really like her her physical comedy is like just so good yeah, she's brilliant. And I think Ali Daniel, who is playing Rosemary, who we saw in Legally Blonde, in the Regent's Park Open oh, yes. Theatre, she was one of Elle's friends in that. Um, and I think she's really got a real good presence. I think she's kind of holding the stage. I think that role isn't probably as big in other productions that we've seen of this show, but actually that's really is the... the... Um, the one that I'm so drawn to all yeah, the time. Yeah, sort of the romantic lead, because um, Gabrielle Friedman is playing J. Pierpont Finch, which is a male character, but it's a female actress playing J. Pierpont, and I think she's doing a fine job, but I think that it's being stolen a little bit by, by Ali, Rosemary. who's playing Rosemary. Yeah, she's I just agree. got a more of a presence, I think. I agree. Whereas I feel like um, the J.P. Pierpont Pierpont um, role is sort of fading away a little bit for me. And you're right, it was a bit kind of shaky at the beginning. Yeah. But it's kind of really hitting its hitting its groove, and there's been some fun. There's the been some good funny moments. Are loving it. And yes, a couple of joke clapper. There's one particular joke clapper, which is somebody who doesn't really laugh at a joke, but they clap it. Have you heard I that heard person? somebody audibly saying things like, "No." Like, yeah. Well, someone's very into it, but. Yeah, it's fun. It's really hitting its stride. So I'm looking forward to the second act now that I, am, I feel more comfortable with it. I am very tired and I, it's very hot in there. It's oh, yeah. so Never hot. Never forget, so the playhouse is hot. You will be wearing a vest and you'll still be too hot. Bring a fan. Yeah. Bring a fan. But so far, really enjoying it. it is, it's a good, fun show. This is kind of a 
it's a very young company. I'm thinking maybe, apart from Tracy, maybe too young. I would have liked a few more older actors. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why it, something think, isn't clicking for me. I think me. Gabrielle Friedman, who's playing Jay Pierpont, although he is a young upstart character, I think she's too young. Okay. But yeah, we'll see what the second half's like and we'll come back. Okay. So we've just finished watching How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying here at the Summit Playhouse. Um, Al, what do we think of the second half? Um, so my final thoughts are that the second half was a lot stronger. The whole thing just picked up a lot of pace. The last number was really good fun. And yeah, it's a very different show in the second half from the first half. Yeah, and I think this production is really good. It's not a traditional telling. Like we said, there's like a much younger cast, um, a more diverse cast than we used to seeing in a kind of this sort of Broadway musical. But it's a fun musical. I think the actual bones of the show itself, the book's really funny. It got some huge laughs. Yeah, the delivery's really good. The direction and delivery is really good. And I thought the supporting company were actually really, really strong across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think the standout um, was Ali playing Rosemary. Um, I thought she was just really good. Oh, yeah. Every um, line and Tracy was, Bennett, every obviously. Every line was delivered perfectly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I, would you recommend someone come see it? I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to have to sleep or not. Yeah, I think it's, it's not for everyone. Like I said, it's, a not, a not it's not like the most traditional staging of this. If you want like your traditional Broadway staging, this is a much smaller, more intimate piece. Yeah, and it's quirky, it's fun. Characters are all sort of switching around. The, sc the scenery is really bare. Yeah, I think it could have done with a more mixed age of cast, actually, because other than Tracy Bennett, they were all very young, and I could have done with more ages yes, to make it feel more full as a company. That's a good point. But I, I still had a really, really good time. I think I would recommend it to any fans of the musical to come see this version, because I think it's a fun show. Yeah. Um, so that was How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying here at the Southwark Playhouse Borough, and we're going to head home. Yeah, I'm so tired and very, very hot. It's so hot in here. As always, bring a fan <laughs> and water. So that was our review of how to succeed in business without really trying at the Southwark Playhouse. And that is running fr um, from now until the 17th of June. So you've got about a month, a month to yeah. go and see that. And as always, tickets are really affordable at the Southwark Playhouse. Um... That's why we love it. You can get seats for £35 anywhere in the house. On any um, night? On any night. Cool. Y you can also do, I always forget, they have their subscribe and, subscribe and save program where you pay like £70 and you get something like eight or five free tickets. So that you're basically covered within, if you're going to go see more than two or three shows, there are three shows. That's a really good idea. Then you cover the cost of that Um and if you go in previews at Southern Playhouse, tickets are usually like £15, £16 pounds for any seat. So that's really good. But yeah, how to succeed in business without really trying, running at the Southwark Playhouse Elephant until the 17th of June. So lastly, in this episode, let's talk about a show that we actually saw ages ago now. We've just been I know, I'm trying busy. to cast my mind back to our evening at the Almeida Theatre. Seeing The Secret Life of Bees. It is still running for about another week. It finishes on the 27th of May. Bees. Beads. Beads? Beads. For anyone who watches Arrested <laughs> Development. That's what that joke's about. Um, Secret Life of Bees. It's a book. Bees. Beads. We'll <laughs> right, see who makes more honey. Um, it's based on a book. Neither of us had read the book. 
But it was quite an unusual story about um, a young girl who's living with her father in um, the South of America in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So civil rights movement is in the background. There's a whole sub story about um, black people getting the vote. And so her, is it her, the housekeeper, mm-hmm. um, the young housekeeper at her house wants to go and vote for the first time. But obviously there's like lots of people that don't want black people to get the vote in the South. So there's lots of intimidation and through some kind of twist of you know running with the law her and her housekeeper they go on the run they go on the run and Um, this was a famous book really famous book that everyone loved a little bit like a kind of eat pray love like it was like a jude richard and judy i feel like it was one of those yeah maybe like um book club books yeah sort of and maybe a more modern like um to kill a mockingbird kind of because it's got that civil rights vibe in it and they Made a movie as well with oh, they did. Like Alicia Keys. I haven't seen it. So I think it. it will bring in a big crowd of people who love the book and really enjoyed the book because it had such great reviews. Or yeah, people that saw the yeah. film. Yeah, but it, it does feel like we some of the, so they then they then find this house of women, black women, who have got their own kind of business selling honey, and that's quite unusual in this state in the South at this point when black people can't even vote. That they've got this their own kind of. Um, business and home and like economy set up within their own thing but I felt like in the book there's probably more explanation or more development of those characters we found the storyline in this like a little scattered and confusing and there wasn't enough depth we felt to any particular character there was quite a lot going on wasn't there yeah it did feel a little I felt it felt like a like oh this is adapted from a book where there was quite a lot of time given to describing the women that lived in this house Mm -hmm. describing yeah, it just it just felt it felt like at the beginning the story was going to be that of the the black housekeeper who wanted to vote for the first time, but then it kind of veers more towards the mother and daughter. Um, yeah, I can't remember what that the central character, the white girl. I can't yeah. remember what it then kind of veers towards that, then back towards her. Like it, it was a little confusing, and I kind of wanted more from the women that run this this honey. I kind of wanted more backstory yes. for their characters. The other thing we've both mentioned was, obviously this is a musical and I don't, don't really do musicals very often. No, they've done more this recently though, in this yeah. season, haven't they? This is a, maybe a new commitment to do but more musicals. This didn't feel like a sort of typical musical where the songs were like pushing story forward or giving a moment to anything. It felt like a play with music in it. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, because... I don't think the songs were particularly memorable. However, the singing in this show is the really thing good. to recommend the show by. Yeah. Some amazing performances. Good point. That's a really good point, actually. The singing, <clears throat> I think we was, were... the singing was top-notch. So for me, it was kind of a joy just to listen to that that quality. Yes. This is like some of the best singing I've heard for a long time in the West End. Yeah, they were all very strong Across singers. the board. So it is a shame that maybe the the material they had to sing with because there could have been like this could have been you know like color purple cynthia erivo i'm here if there had been that style song this would have because i think that song from color purple is what elevated that show and cynthia erivo as a performer because it was a real powerful number and this didn't have that no you're right didn't and you know that's maybe not their intention that's not the style i think this is the same writer who did yeah the music was by duncan chic who did spring awakening that we saw and again that was like the music's kind of it's more like a theatrical, it's not like songs per se. Although that has some more poppy songs in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this just didn't have the songs, which is a shame. The story we weren't fully involved in because I felt like there were, we felt there was maybe too much missing and yeah, it disconnected. Was, the word I would use to describe this was fine. 
I think it yeah. was decent. It was decent. Oh yeah, it was a good it's night fine. in the theatre. The set was nice. The yeah, lighting, the costumes, not, slick. If you've bought tickets, you're going to have a good evening. Yeah, but yeah and you're I'm gonna... not recommending this to anybody. No, I don't think I would say you've got to go, and I don't think it will transfer because no. it just doesn't have the pull of the songs or or a satisfying ending. But these performers are just wow. If anybody like, did want to go, but I'm recommending that you don't. If you do, tell us where you can get the tickets and how much they are. Uh, you probably won't be able to because it's all sold out now until the 27th of May. However, you can go online today if few tickets came back on sale for today's performance. You okay. might get same-day returns online or you go to the theatre of an evening, you let the box office know you're there and you're waiting for returns. They put your name and they call you um, if there are any tickets returned. But otherwise, it is sold out. Okay, well... We've had a good couple of shows to talk about. Mm, absolutely. And what have we got coming up next? Do you know what? I don't know. We booked the new show at the Menier Chocolate Factory, oh, which yes. is The Third Man, a new musical with uh, music by Don Black. We haven't been there in years. The Menier Chocolate Factory is by London time. Bridge. We went to see Jenna Russell in that Bridges of Madison County. Yes. That was a long time ago. Um, what else is coming up? Mikado, the all-male Gilbert and Sullivan, Sasha Reagan at the Wilton's Music Hall is coming back. Yes. That's on the horizon. I still want to see um, the, what was the Ain't Too no, Proud? Ain't Too Proud. Because it's, I've, like, three people have told me I have to see this show. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it on Today Ticks? Yes, it is. Okay. So, That's if anybody else has seen Ain't want Too to Proud, yeah, no, please let me know, but I've had three people tell me it's a really good night out. Okay. Well, until next time, thanks so much for listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Boom, boom. Bees. <laughs> Bees? Bees?